2: for the weekend. Woo! Actually, my weekend unofficially begins later on tonight because I get to go to the airport and pick up Bob, and he will be spending almost a week. Not quite, but almost a week. It was originally supposed to be a few days, and we decided we would expand it. <laughs> but crazy enough, we'll both be working our regular schedules the entire time, which means we'll have a chance to see how this, this schedule works. Whew. Going to be a good test. If we survive the next six days, we'll know. We'll know for sure. I mean, Jay told me it's kind of late now because we've already sent out the invitations. So. Uh, just a little. <laughs> you could do it. There's no backtracking now. <laughs> We'd have to send the uninvitations. Yeah. Do you think anyone's ever done that in the history of marriages or weddings? We actually have to send a new card. We'd print something different from Shutterfly that says, Never mind. Never mind. We've canceled the wedding. <laughs> and like you, the photos that we have on the back, which are really fun. They have slashes through oh, them. No. <laughs>
3: We're not speaking this.
2: I wonder if, and no, it's not, it doesn't matter if we speak it or not. It's not happening. Uh, I wonder if the, uh, if the vindictive have ever tried that on Shutterfly, uninviting you to the wedding or canceling the wedding.
3: Hmm. Let's see.
2: <laughs> Let's see. Jay's googling
3: it. <laughs> Uninvite cards. <laughs> Uninvitations.
2: Is that what it says?
3: No, that's a good name for it, though.
2: Oh, gotcha. Okay. Cancel you. I think canc- cancel canceling you. is such a big thing in our culture. It might be you to start a whole new industry. <laughs>
4: We're gonna cancel Hiring people to can- cancel, cancel you your plans. with
2: Shutterfly. <laughs> <laughs> Sign We're- me up. I'll subscribe. <laughs> going to cancel you and your plans with Shutterfly. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. I wonder if that's how the Miami Heat feel. They've been canceled. <laughs> been canceled by the Portland Trailblazers. I thought we had a deal. Wait a minute. We were supposed to have a deal. How dare you? But except the Heat can't come out and say that because that would indicate they were stampering. <laughs> I honestly believe that there's tampering all over pro sports, whether it's between the GMs and the owners. I don't know. But the agents, they very often have the inside track and agents will speak to general managers. They'll speak to other people. They'll go back and forth and leak this info and leak at that Intel. Oh, yeah. There's tampering all the time. It's just a matter of getting caught. It's like speeding. I would say tampering, by the by the definition of tampering in the NBA, NHL, any other professional sport, it happens all the time. But just like people who speed, the majority of the time you don't get caught. right? I mean, let's be fair. I'll speak for me. I routinely drive 10 miles per hour over the speed limit. That's essentially what I do. And there are times when I go faster than that over the speed limit. I'll readily admit it. We have a highway near my house where the speed limit is 50. It's fairly common that I'll be driving 65 on that stretch of road. It's a three-lane, well, it's a six-lane highway, but for whatever reason, it goes through a bunch of industrial slash residential areas, neighborhoods off to the side, and so they have it at 50 miles per hour. People pass me like I'm standing still when I'm going 65 or 63, something along those lines. The gamble is, I've been doing it now for 10 years. I've only been pulled over one time. That's what, I think that's what the approach is or would be if I was in charge to tampering. Well, it's tough to prove. You got to catch me in the act. You have to have hard evidence that I've been doing it. You can't just penalize the franchise based on hearsay. And so for general managers, owners, agents, even players, how often do we hear about players recruiting one another? If that's not tampering, I don't know what is. So, yeah, it happens a lot. And you just kind of play the odds. That for the most part, you're not going to get nabbed for it. And in my case, I may not speed every time, but I would say I go faster than the speed limit the majority of time that I'm in the car and... I'm trying to think the last time I've been pulled over. Jay, when was the last time you were pulled over?
3: Not to jinx it, but it's actually been a little bit.
2: There's no such thing as a jinx. A I'm going
3: to get pulled over on my way home today. I know uh, it. Yeah,
2: I hope you do I, just because, gonna, of this. because of this ridiculousness. It's like speaking a pitcher who has a no-hitter into the seventh is somehow going to affect whether or not he gets the no-hitter. Most people won't do it. Everyone does it.
3: Call that it says a no-hitter? I don't yeah. know. Everyone, eh, I do
2: it. I don't care. I have nothing to do with whether or not that dude finishes out as no-hitter.
3: I, I get <laughs> it. But like, then right after you say it, if he does ha- lose the no-hitter, you can't help but feel a little bit responsible.
2: No, I do not feel responsible. Not even remotely responsible. What do I have to do? I'm sitting in my radio studio talking about a guy who's on a field in three time zones away. And I somehow have something to do with it.
3: Some, somehow, yes. Something. No,
2: that's that's BS. Anyway, back to when was the last time you were pulled over? Ten years? Uh, no, you've only been see. driving
3: for ten years. I've been driving for about ten years. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, I don't know. That's it's, not true. Jay's not actually twenty-six.
3: <laughs> I I had a, a tail light out like more than five years ago now, and I got pulled over for that to get it fixed. No ticket. No just, ticket. Of course,
2: no. they're supposed to give you a. A warning, um, does man. an
3: accident count? I was hit recently. No, no, no. No. Yeah. no,
2: that's... I'm talking about getting pulled over for something, a moving violation.
3: No, yeah. Luckily, I've been avoided those.
2: hear something really funny? The first visit... Was it the first visit? Yeah, the first visit. Oh, was it our date? It was. Oh, my gosh. I think it was our date. Oh, no, it wasn't because the dog was with us. Bob and I were together for maybe like the second or third day, right? Mm-hmm. Not the second or third time, but like the second or third actual day together since we're a long distance. He got pulled over by a cop. Oh no. The dog, I used the dog as a prop though. It's like, hey, Daisy, say hello. So <laughs> it was a female cop, loved Daisy. And it was for a taillight that was out, so it wasn't like he was speedy or whatever, but it was kind of funny. He was a little nervous. He got he got pulled over right after, you know, like we'd only been to like hanging out for like the second time. Out, yeah. I'm trying to think the last time I got pulled over for anything. Uh, it's It's been at least nine years. I and mean, it's not going to happen today. <laughs> it's it's not. not. Now, I do still have an outstanding ticket in Boston because I... Left my dog in uh, the car. Uh. Stupid. No, you've not heard this oh, story. No, I've heard this story. Of course, I refuse to pay it. And I've driven in Boston. I've driven it through Massachusetts and New England. Dumb. I'm not paying that ticket ever. I don't even have the ticket. I shredded it as a show. It's like oh, that it was exist. like burning, burning a jersey or something. I shredded the <laughs> ticket.
3: I will say on nine my, years. On can you beat that? Nine. I feel like it's I feel like I've been pulled over in the last nine years. Mm. But very it's rare but i feel like also in just in these last 2 little over 2 years of of this schedule I don't see many officers on my way oh, home. Oh, you don't. Do you? I don't. I
2: see many officers coming in. I don't see mm. them on my way home at what is six thirty Eastern time. Uh, there's too much going on then because it's morning rush hour in the New York City metro, so they're not paying attention no, not to not me. At all. But I did get pulled over once for tailgating, really, it, actually in New Jersey. Yeah, crazy. I'd never been pulled over for tailgating in my whole life. It's morning rush hour. Everyone's tailgating. It was it's the, called traffic. Yeah, it was the <laughs> weirdest <laughs> thing. I don't know if he gave me a ticket or not. I can't remember. But, yeah, it's been at least nine years. The last time I got pulled over, I remember, it was on my birthday. Oh, yikes. And the guy, right, the guy didn't, did he give me a ticket? He couldn't, he didn't see your ID. No, he didn't. He didn't give me a ticket. So, yes, I haven't had a ticket in a while, but I've been pulled over. I was pulled over on my birthday, April 7th in the spring, going back, say, to 2014. It's just wrong. Well, he didn't know it was my birthday. He should. He should know. <laughs> he should just know. Oh, you <laughs> know. mean when he was tailing me and looking up my license yeah, plate, right. He's and then popped that my. <laughs> <laughs> it popped that my birthday was that day. Maybe he just wanted to say happy birthday.
3: That would be nice. I don't one.
2: recall that he did, actually. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio. Thanks for hanging out with us. It's been quite a week in sports. It's been quite a week, personally. Uh, no one should ever have to go to an eye exam for two-plus hours, but that's what happened to me on Wednesday. That's a story for another day. How about the story of Ronald Acuna Jr. and his possible MVP campaign in 2023?
5: How long before he runs? He's going now Ozzy he takes the pitch. The throw down, not in time. And that's 70. Number
0: 70 right there, folks. He's trying to dig that base out. He wants it. Pulls it up from the ground and holds it high. Man, that's awesome. A
5: 40-70 man, Ronald Acuna Jr.
2: And they did stop the game for celebration. He picks up the base, he holds it up in the air. Uh, they're flashing signs all over there at Truist Park, and the Cubs radio team wasn't having it. For, before we get to that, because it's it's just so, it's just so, it's just goofy, right? It's it's never happened in history before, and you're going to get ticked off because it interrupts the Cubs' bid for a possible wild card. How about if you don't like it, then don't let it happen on your watch. If you don't want him to steal base number 70, then don't let him steal base number 70 while he's playing you. (laughs) Seriously. Uh, But congratulations to Ronnie. 40 home runs and 70 steals in the same season. It's never happened before. The call there on the Braves radio network. Yeah, the Cubs announcers and I only know John Shambi. I don't know the other voice here, but John Shambi on Cubs radio—they're—they're they're not pleased.
3: And we're really stopping the game. Yeah, to we do a can, we get the, can we get the?
2: Can we get the? Can we get the base after the game? To, I mean, this is
6: <laughs> this is pretty absurd. I mean, it, it's just a hell of an accomplishment. Totally,
3: but you but can't stop the, the game in no. montage.
2: Oh, they did exactly that in Atlanta. Where else would you do it? That would be the only place after to the game. Do it. <laughs> so Acuna picks up the base. He holds it up in the air. There's fireworks. There's all kinds of displays on the big board. And then they run a highlight video. <laughs> Just to stick it up the Cubs' rear end. Stick it where the sun don't shine, Chicago. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, to add insult to injury, actually.
5: Winning run at second, the pitch. Swung
3: on, rifle to right field, base hit. One hopper to Suzuki. Here comes Ronald, here comes the throw. Braves win! Ozzie
5: swarmed by his teammates out between second and third.
3: 6-5 your final.
5: I told myself, I need to get, I need to come through right here. Base it, whatever it is. And I'm happy I came through in the right spot and we won that game.
2: Yeah, Ozzy Albies is responsible for the walk-off single. And if I'm not mistaken, it was Acuna that scored, actually. So he drove home Acuna. Uh, so the two of them, the one-two punch, that in the 10th inning as the Braves clinched the top seed in the National League. So they lock up best record. Cubs lose a tough one here. And... Yeah, to have to run into the Braves when you're trying to lock up a wild-card spot is not optimal, but it does prepare you for the postseason. The issue, of course, is that they left seven on base, and they were only one for eight with runners in scoring position.
0: we got to do some
1: little things a little bit better, try to get runners in from third, less than two outs. Hasn't been our strength here this month. Um, you know, guys are guys are laying it all out there. It's just a really good team. Um, got to figure out a way to win a baseball game.
2: So right now, the Cubs and the Marlins are tied for that second, no, third wild card spot in the National League. Uh, it, it's ahead of them is the Diamondbacks holding just a slim lead over the Cubs and the Marlins who have the same exact record. Uh, I had said this going back, say, gosh, a month ago, that I didn't love the position the Braves and Dodgers found themselves in. I didn't love the fact that neither of them would be pushed the rest of the way. Their leads in their their respective divisions were so large that there was no chance they were going to be pushed. I actually prefer teams going into the playoffs the way the Cubs are, the way the Marlins are. The problem is, if you play with fire and it's too close to the end of the season, you may not get in. Right? So it's an enviable position to be in. You don't have to worry about it. But if you are, in fact, able to punch your ticket late, I kind of feel like you're already playing with that sense of urgency. You're already playing on the edge. The pressure's been there for weeks, maybe even uh, over a month. And so you, you're comfortable in that space. You had to figure out a way to get it done. You're comfortable with the pressure. And that helps you, I think, in the postseason. However, uh, we'll see which... Which entryway to October turns out to be the most prosperous? It's after hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. The night certainly belonged to Ronnie and his kiddos.
3: Just want to thank God for this incredible moment. Um, really, really grateful for my teammates, the coaches, the support staff, and all the fans out there supporting us the whole time. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really a, uh, an incredible moment.
2: <laughs> so cute. Wait, can you can you hear how one of the kiddos, uh, both little boys, one of the kiddos grabs the microphone and speaks right into it? That is a budding media star. I want to hear it again.
3: It's really a, uh, an incredible moment. <laughs>
2: By the way, that's a translator. That's not Ronnie. But Ronnie did introduce his his kiddos after that.
0: Jamal and Ronald.
6: Jamal. Yeah. Jamal, like Jamal Crawford, <laughs> like, like
2: that. Do you think his son was actually named after Jamal Crawford?
3: I hope so. That
2: would be awesome. <laughs> Somebody needs to tell Jamal Crawford. <laughs> One of the NBA's best sixth men that ever roamed the court. That's really cool. So congratulations to Ronald. Congratulations to the Braves. Uh, well earned. They already have more wins. Now this is still with the weekend to come. They have more wins than last year. What did those 100 wins get them last year? Jay, would you would you like to weigh in? Because I'm not sure I remember. I know you love the Braves. Mm,
3: yes, yeah, my favorite. They won the title last year. the Division title, at least. No, and then, no, no. Uh, After that. They got eliminated by the Phillies.
2: Got eliminated by the Phillies. I wonder if they can feel the pain and the angst of that. Because the Phillies are once again in the playoffs as a wild card. And the Braves are once again the champions of the NL East. Now they had to work a lot harder for it last year because the Mets were right there with them neck and neck. In fact, had the same record, but the Braves had the tie break. Uh, So now the Braves are 102. That's their win total. 102 with the chance to add to it this weekend. And ooh, if you thought it was a disappointment last year when the Braves didn't win the World Series or even get to the World Series, this year would be even more disappointing. And the Dodgers are in the same boat they're what with they 98 wins now. I think they're at 98, 98, 99, uh, and so yeah, they they also have made quick work of the NL West. And while there are still two teams alive in the West for wild cards, the Dodgers have owned the division since oh right before the All Star break when they put on the afterburners. Those two teams have such high expectations. The bigger they are, the harder they fall. It always hurts more when you are in when you're in a loftier position. All right. On Twitter, a law radio on our Facebook page too, with my apologies to Ronald Acuna. That was a great moment. There was another really sweet moment on the baseball diamond on Wednesday evening. Uh, and Giannis has a new running mate, which is exceptional. Uh, I'm already excited about seeing Dame and Giannis together, but what's the reaction from Wisconsin? We'll give you a little bit of that as well. Uh, we've got QB news from the other side. We did the AFC earlier. we got to work in the NFC. Oh, Speaking of Wisconsin sports, it's after hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS sports radio.
3: You are listening to the after hours podcast. You know how badly this Cleveland club wants to win it for Tito. And 29,000 on their feet want it just as badly. The pitch, swing a little tapper, right side, trickling down the line, fair ball, Naylor grabs it, steps on the bag, ball game! Della Cruz never left home plate! David Bell coming out to argue what's that a foul ball off the foot. Cleveland will celebrate as the game ends in a weird fashion and Emmanuel Classe will get his 43rd save a new career high and Cleveland hangs on to win four to three. David Bell is pleading his case with the entire umpiring crew. As the fans are on their feet, chanting Tito, Tito.
0: This is After Hours with Amy Lawrence.
2: This was a really sweet moment, and I'm so happy that not only could the Guardians deliver a win for Terry Francona in his final appearance, there on the shores of Lake Erie, but the fans had the chance to chant Tito Tito. And then he was kind of coerced into or cajoled into a curtain call of sorts. After the fact, uh, he stood up on the top step again and waved and, and, Gestured to the crowd, and they just showered him with adoration and a standing ovation. It it was pretty amazing. He was emotional. Tom Hamilton with the call on Guardians Radio. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence on CBS Sports Radio.
0: It's kind of difficult. It was really touching. Don't don't ever get me wrong. I mean, my goodness sakes. (laughs) I mean, you know, I've told this group plenty of times, I know I'm not the smartest person in the room Mm -hmm. by far. But I was smart enough to pick a place where I believed in the people, and that only grew. And I think anybody that's ever spent 10 minutes with me knows how much I like it here. It's so close to kind of how I, where I grew up and two hours away, and it, it, it was a good decision. It just seems like it got better.
7: I'm going to be rooting like hell for these guys. Um, this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance.
0: And great coverage is just the beginning right now families and small businesses can save up to 20 percent versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch visit your local T-Mobile store today
7: plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans plan features and taxes and fees may vary
0: might be in a rocking chair or something hopefully be on the golf course but <laughs> I will never not root for these guys I I, I love these guys, man. I'll, this is this has been 11 years of good.
2: All-time winningest manager in franchise history. 23 years as a manager, but many more in baseball as a player, as a coach. He's a great ambassador for the game. He's a future Hall of Famer. Baseball will miss Tito. And as the stories come pouring out now, uh, it's, it's clear the impact he's had on not just individuals, but on the sport as a whole. So pretty sweet moment. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. The bombshell moment in sports on Wednesday. Damian Lillard is getting traded, but not to the Miami Heat. Instead, to Milwaukee to run alongside Giannis. Had a chance to catch up with our friend Steve Pfeiffer from our Milwaukee affiliate, 1250 The Fan, and I asked him his reaction
4: to this big news. Stunned. Absolutely stunned. I do a podcast called Green and Growing, uh, and we had just done a podcast last night. And talking about, okay, how how did the Bucks get Damian Lillard after the report by Mark Spears on ESPN that the Bucks may be interested and we were screwing around there. and we're like, Oh come on, seriously, it's that ten percent chance, maybe probably less than that, that they actually get this deal done. We post a podcast this morning, no big deal. Then all of a sudden this afternoon I'm listening to Jim Rome. My Android phone decided it needed to update. <laughs> so my phone was no. updating, right? <laughs> I'm at my desk in my office at the radio station and I'm listening to Rome and Rome like interrupts his his story about the Dallas Cowboys and starts talking about this big woge bomb and how it's going to eviscerate everybody in its path and yada yada. I'm like, all right, come on, cut to it. What, what's the tweet? Uh, and then he says, you know, that he was traded. I was like, oh, that's probably Boston or the or the Raptors or somebody. He says the Milwaukee Bucks. I yelled so loud, Amy, the people on the sales floor could hear me way down the hallway from my office. I was going so crazy. Uh, I was completely shocked, and then. You know, once you see the details of the trade, the Bucs stole them. The Bucs didn't give up anything, really. I mean, Drew Holiday obviously couldn't stay. Uh, Grayson Allen, yeah, okay. I mean, he's he's a nice role player, but that's not end of the world stuff for this team to get Damian Lillard. And then picks six, seven years from now, so be it. If Giannis isn't here, uh, it is what it is. It's going to be a long rebuild regardless. And if Giannis is here, those picks probably won't matter anyhow.
2: All right, well, let's break this down a little bit. I know you mentioned Drew Holiday there. To me, he was so good for Milwaukee. He was exactly what the Bucks and what Giannis needed when he joined them. What did he mean to the
4: franchise? I think he was uh, a huge piece. Remember, I mean, they had Eric Bledsoe prior to that, uh, and they were looking for you know a, a more stable force at that point. And coincidentally, when they made that Holiday deal, that's the last time Giannis was looking to sign an extension. Uh, And once they made that Drew Holiday trade, uh, giving up all those picks, that convinced Giannis that they were serious, and he signed the extension. Giannis looking for an extension, and now they go one up from what they got with Drew Holiday. You know, they go from a really good player to a great player. Now, there's two sides of this. Offensively, you're much better with Lillard. Averaged 32 points last year in 58 games. He's an absolute stud. Uh, Closing games out, he's going to be their closer, more so than Middleton or Giannis now. No more debate of who should take the shot at the end of the game. It's Damian Lillard. But, defensively, eh, not so great. Uh, and Drew Holiday is probably the best defensive point guard in the NBA, I would say, at this point. Uh, and during that podcast that we were talking about last night about, okay, if Lillard goes to Boston or Miami, what does that mean? And we both agreed, Nathan Marzian and myself, that, Drew Holiday is a perfect guy to defend Damian Lillard. Like, you couldn't build a better point guard to defend Lillard. So now, as a Bucks fan, you're sitting here going, okay, well, Holiday's not staying in Portland. They're going to move him. Uh, and now it's just to see what Eastern Conference team ends up with him. Hmm. Probably have to see Drew Holiday and whatever team that is in the playoffs going up against the newest Buck, Damian Lillard. That's kind of what we think is going to happen. Maybe he ends up with the Clippers or somewhere in the West, but I would imagine he ends up in the East.
2: There have been a lot of rumblings about Giannis. He's looking for more long-term security, has even put it out there very clandestinely that it's okay if he doesn't stay in Milwaukee. What does this tell you about the team when it comes to Giannis?
4: I think this Lillard trade uh, screams loudly of you're not going to use the excuse of that we weren't trying to win a championship and we weren't giving it at all because that was Giannis' biggest thing. long as they're showing me that they're still trying to win championships, I'm good. You know, I'll stay. And getting Damian Lillard, I think, proves to everybody that yes, this team is still trying to win championships and do the best they can by Giannis. Having said that, the reality of the situation is Damian Lillard has two years left on his deal, as does Middleton, as does Brooke Lopez, as does Giannis. So this is a two-year window. At that point, you have a bunch of old people uh, at that point in Brooke Lopez, Middleton, uh, and Damian Lillard uh, with Giannis looking for a, a five-year deal now what then that that's going to be a big turning point because what do you surround him with is he okay going forward with a bunch of guys in the mid to late 30s for another five years into their 40s i doubt it maybe uh and then how you get young star players to come play with Giannis uh, if those guys aren't part of the picture that's gonna be the big next conundrum hopefully Giannis sent an extension before you get to that point
2: He's clearly still one of the best players in the NBA and still in that window. You would think he'd be a draw as opposed to the opposite. And now you Uh add Damian Lillard. Wow. What a one, two punch that indicates to me anyway, that the bucks are serious about pursuing another title.
4: Yeah. And you're talking about a lethal pick and roll combination, right? With Giannis and Damian Lillard, kind of like Murray uh, and Jokic, I guess you could say if watching Denver last year, it's going to kind of be that similar offensive attack. And then, Let's point this out too. When Lillard was successful in Portland and they were making the playoffs and doing their stuff, who's his head coach? Terry Stotts. Who is the lead assistant on the Bucks bench right now? Terry Stotts. Lillard gets to come to Milwaukee where his old head coach is, you know, the the offensive coordinator I guess you could say for Adrian Griffin who's in his first year as head coach for the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, and they get reunited. Stotts knows exactly how to run Lillard, knows exactly what to do with him in the offense. Nice. And now he has all these extra toys to play with, and Giannis and Chris Middleton and stuff like that. And he didn't necessarily have that in Portland. This this offense is going to be stupid good. Uh, and <laughs> defensively, they should be really good. You keep Brooke Lopez still one of the best defendi- but defensive centers in the league. They just have to stay healthy. If the Bucks stay healthy, there's no reason that they shouldn't be in the NBA Finals.
2: Steve Pfeiffer from Milwaukee. And, man, it's a good time to be a Wisconsin sports fan. The Brewers, the Packers, who actually kick off week four in the NFL with a Thursday night game against their old friends, the Detroit Lions. That'll be a lot of fun on Amazon Prime later on tonight. More of that conversation with Steve is on our podcast, and you can find it posted right away when the show is done on both Twitter, After Hours CBS, as well as on our Facebook page. And I always put up the link for the guests specifically later in the day. I mean, if you're if you're thinking about Damian Lillard as we last saw him, a career high 32 points per game. Giannis is still in the prime of his career, he was in the running for another MVP last season. Wow. Dame and Giannis, delicious is my word for it.
8: put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com.
2: Rules and restrictions may apply. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence. You
3: are listening to the After Hours Podcast. Hurry back to throw. And it is. Is it caught? Oh, my goodness. It's caught. DeAndre Hopkins caught it. Back from under center. Steps back. Throws the fade. Cooper. cooks. to throw, looking, firing deep Go. for Chase in the end zone,
0: oh, he's got yeah. it, yeah. touchdown, oh. Joe Burrow
3: and the Bengals, the Holmes fires for the end zone, caught, touchdown, Kansas City, and off to Eckler again, no, Herbert keeps it, Enzo, touchdown, Chargers. Herbert with his second of the day. Here's the snap. Josh going to keep it himself and run it again inside the five. Into the end zone. Touchdown, Buffalo. Josh Allen, nine-yard touchdown
2: run. The Bills respond and then
6: some.
1: It's time for QB News
0: on After Hours.
2: We cannot forget about the NFC because it's actually the NFC that's for me. Just kidding. It rhymes. So, well, it would rhyme with AFC as well. Can we just strike that from the record? Yeah. <laughs> your host is an idiot sometimes. All right. Your host is an idiot a lot of the times. Let's get back to the task at hand. I swear to God, I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> Except if you have to tell people, it generally means that you are. I will raise my hand. I'm on your island. And Jean that's Campbell. fine. <laughs> that's fine. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. <laughs> It's QB News, NFC style, and it's the NFC that kicks off week four in the NFL. That's the Packers. Red Hot Packers coming off an 18-point quarter and a stunning rally past the New Orleans Saints. And it's now the roars for Jordan Love's offense. (gasps) Jay, in my CBS Sports Minute, I finished it with, are you ready? Aaron who? (gasps) That is sacrilegious. It's sacrilegious. I'm
3: offended.
2: I know. How could you
3: possibly
0: say
6: that? I
2: mean, Jordan Love has captivated the hearts of Packers fans. But now it's a quick turnaround to Thursday night.
6: It's a quick turnaround. It's a short week.
2: I said that. The main thing is
6: everybody getting their body back. um, No, I said that. Make sure they're at 100% going into Thursday. Um, And obviously, you know, the focus has to kind of amp up this week because you know we kind of have two days crammed into one right now Um, so you're not getting a lot of reps that you would during a normal week and uh, it's a lot more mental stuff so just staying on point staying focused throughout the week and um, knowing that you know we're not going to get a lot of reps you're not going to get a lot of practice reps seeing the defense so you got to watch a little bit more film um, and just do whatever you can to do to get yourself ready for thursday
2: all right, that was a long explanation. What about anything you would change at this point in the season? Being two and one, and now hosting your rival Lions.
6: Hey. Vision is being 0 going into it. Um, you know, that's my mindset going into it, trying to win every game um, and plan on winning every game. So um, two and one, you know, um, you know, it's been a lot of things we we've seen during the games that we can clean up, and a lot of good things. So it's just continue to grow and get better every week.
2: They can take over sole possession of first place in the North, but so can the Lions with a second consecutive win at Lambeau Field. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Yeah, it was Jared Goff who in prime time when the Lions got flexed week 18 to wrap up last year, they were able to upset the Packers and keep them from playing in the postseason. so is it safe to say that Jared Goff has got an edge at Lambeau field for this game once again under the lights
5: yeah it's fun it's cool to be the only guy on TV and um, you know to, to know that you know you're you're able to showcase your talents your team and who you guys are for the whole you know league but yeah it's it is tough at times when the game is that late you know and on the west coast there were 515 starts I believe or you know, whatever 615. Um, helps a little bit, but yeah, no, we'll be all right.
2: Okay, first of all, he sounds like an old man uh, when he talks about an 8-15 kickoff. It's actually 7:15 at Lambeau Field, so stop it. Also, did you hear him say when you're the only guy on TV? Huh. I'm sure he meant to say when you're the only game on TV, but he said you're the only guy. I wonder if he got any ribbing from his teammates. When you're the only guy on TV. It's
5: cool to be the only guy on TV. And- <laughs>
2: the other 52 guys on the active roster i'm the only guy on tv now that's something aaron Rodgers would say or think he might not say it but he would think it (laughs) all right so packers hosting the lions tonight thursday night football kicking off week four it's after hours cbs sports radio there's a lot of conversation around the Commanders because their young QB, Sam Howell, had his first blow-up game in week three, throwing four interceptions. And not just that, but the, the Bills sacked him nine times and hit him another 15 times. I can imagine he's still sore. But Ron Rivera, how long of a leash do you give Sam Howell if he has another game like that? Hey.
6: Well, right now, we are 2-1. Sam's won three games and four starts. So we'll just continue to go from there and see how things go. We kept Sam in because we felt Sam, the only way he's going to grow and get better is to play. And that's why we did what we
2: did. I agree with that, especially with a young quarterback. You do still have a winning record in a very difficult division. It's early in the season. Sam needs to play. He needs to feel this. He needs to be able to recover from this and learn from what just happened, which was siege. He was under siege. I had a bad day (laughs) and your quarterback did too Uh, Derek Carr speaking of being under siege got knocked out of the Saints game against the Packers last weekend and he landed hard on his shoulder was it Rashawn Gary I think that had the sack and he landed hard on his shoulder and he was diagnosed with a sprained AC joint and he was giving a status update Wednesday
5: I don't like talking about injuries so I'll say this look I, I obviously I heard it in the game Um but I'm doing everything I can as always, whether I, when I broke my back, when I tore my groin, when I hurt this, broke the finger, whatever, you know, I, I do anything and everything I can with my rehab, my, uh, you know, everything with the trainers, I'm gonna do everything I can to, you know, be out there with my guys. And if I can help, if I can play, I'll play. If I physically just can't play, then I can't play. But if I'm out there, that means I'm, you know, there's no fear of, you know, re-injury there's no fear of this there's no fear of being able to help the football team and so um, i'm gonna do everything i can to be out there um, but never hurt the team at the same time
2: right now he's listed as day-to-day he didn't practice wednesday Jameis winston took the snaps instead but he's not been ruled out and this is saints bucks here both of them two and one in the along with the falcons in the nfc south and they play each other in New Orleans. You can imagine Derek Carr wants a taste of his first big NFC South rivalry. Let's see. How about we sh- oh, we shift to the Panthers, who are not 2-1. Uh, they're one of the last remaining 0-3 teams. And Bryce Young did not play last weekend, but Frank Reich believes that could be rectified on Sunday.
5: Hey.
6: Credit to Bryce for you know being ready. I mean, really, uh, at the beginning, we were thinking one to two weeks. Uh, thinking it could be more too. But, you know, he's done everything he can do to get back here. Um, so – and he obviously wants to be out there. We want him out there, um, you know, as long as he's ready to go and play winning football. And uh, so, you know, we'll see what he can get done out there today and then see how he responds to it and then know more tomorrow.
2: Remember how we did the question going back, say, like two weeks before the season, who would be the last team in the NFL to earn a win? And I think the majority of the people did actually say Arizona Cardinals, who now have a victory over the Dallas Cowboys, no less. You have the Panthers, the Bears, the Vikings, a big surprise, the Broncos, not so much. Those are your four teams that have yet to get – did I say four? Yeah, four teams that have yet to come away with a win. So – We're down to four. And just three teams that haven't lost yet, right? Yeah, three teams. Niners, Eagles, Dolphins. I feel like the Dolphins should get two wins for the beatdown on the Broncos last weekend. (laughs) All right, one more. Oh, we're talking about the Cardinals, Jonathan Gannon must feel like... Oh, you know, he must feel like Kyle Shanahan because he's constantly getting asked questions about his quarterback and whether or not this time if Kyler Murray will be activated from... The Pup List or from IR next week.
5: Why would I tell you that?
2: (laughs) Why would I tell you that?
5: I I was kind of joking, but I'm not going to tell you. uh, (laughs) No, we will activate him when he's ready to go practice. That's what we'll do.
2: (laughs) All right, Coach.
5: Uh, I don't like playing this game.
2: Must be an NFC West thing. It's after hours here on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, if you have not heard Travis Kelsey and Jason Kelsey talk about the whole Taylor Swift mess, oh, it's fantastic. Make sure you check it out on our podcast or their podcast, which is now number one in the country. I mean, we're number two, but it's okay. I understand why they've leapfrogged us on the New Heights podcast. Uh, but the, the I love this part because remember Andy Reid said he was the one who connected Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey actually said he set them up. <laughs> the Kelsey brothers discuss
6: I know that he had met the Swift family before, so I don't know. He could have been Uh, in the background the whole time.
5: Dude, Coach
0: Reed playing matchmaker?
6: Who knew Cupid was so big? (laughs) Ouch! (laughs) Shout out to Taylor for coming through and seeing me rock the stage.
2: Oh, he's a goof. Travis Kelsey's a hoot. All right, His, his, his whole deal right now with Taylor Swift is... It's maybe overbearing for some sports fans, but people are yelling at me because I'm talking about it. It is one of the biggest stories in entertainment right now. Ah! Forget forget sports. It's one of the biggest stories in pop culture because of Taylor and the crossover. People are getting very suspicious, though. Jay, do you think this is orchestrated by the NFL? Absolutely not. I think it's legit. Do you think it's orchestrated by Taylor or Travis? Absolutely not. I mean, Taylor doesn't need Travis. Travis needs Taylor more than... We can trace
3: this back like two months ago where it started. I mean, there's origins (laughs) to this. Yeah.
2: People are getting cynical, though. They think the NFL is paying Taylor Swift. Are you kidding me? The NFL just... All right. You guys are dumb sometimes. Me too. It's After Hours with Amy Lawrence, CBS Sports Radio. Boom!
1: Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.